Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. Wait a minute, it's the thing again! What? Didn't we already watch this movie? What's going on here? (laughs) I think you're supposed to explain this. The Thing, in addition to being a 1982 movie, is a 2011 movie, rated R, that we watched on Amazon by paying money. For ratings, we can compare it to the original The Thing from 1982, which itself is a remake of a 1951 movie. That movie is six minutes longer. It got an 8.1 on IMDb compared to the 6.2 for this movie, so a lot higher. A 57 on Metacritic compared to 49 here, so higher but not a lot. And Whoa, the Rotten Tomatoes critics. They gave the original an 83 and this movie a 35. What? I do not understand that. Yeah, and then we've got the Rotten Tomato audience, which gives the 82 movie a 92 and this movie a 42. So the Rotten Tomatoes audience really liked the original. Wow, no kidding. And they really, I mean, overall, everything was dropped from the old one to this one. Yeah, definitely. That's... I mean, you know, it's a classic. That's how it always works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's stupid. Okay. Well, just to uh, explain this movie, it is a remake of The Thing, except the creators of it said, we can't remake The Thing. It is a classic. It is perfect and wonderful. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a prequel to The Thing, which also functions as a remake of The Thing, but doesn't replace it. Which is a little weird because the plot of this movie is almost identical to the plot of the original, like it would be in a remake. Except it's not a remake. It takes place first. So it's like the same thing happened twice. We didn't know that, or at least I wasn't aware of that until the very end. When suddenly, you know, I was thinking it was a remake the whole way through because it's such a, you know, it mirrors it so closely. it's got the same title. Right. Until we get to the end when suddenly we're seeing the first scenes from the 1982 version of it. Yeah. And then we also popped in the 1982 version and checked out the beginning of it to compare. And it is very exact. They did a good job. Yeah. One of the IMDb notes was that they kept pictures, screenshots of the original movie up somewhere so that they could recreate the Norwegian base exactly the way it was in the original. And they did do a really good job of that. I think they even used footage from the original movie at the very end. Yeah, when the dog. Yeah, when they're in the helicopter and the dog is running. Because one of the other notes that I read said that the dog in the new footage and the dog in the old footage obviously are not the same dog. <laughs> and they, you know, there's some differences. You can see that they're not the same dog. Much more easily than you can see the differences between Kurt Russell and Joel Edgerton. Yeah, that was surprising. And, I mean, was he... Do you think they (laughs) cast him because he looked so much like Kurt Russell? And sounds and acts. I don't know. They had to have 
considered that. That had to be part of it. It was interesting because in in this version of it, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Kate Lloyd, is really, she's more of the Kurt Russell character yeah. in that she's kind of in charge of the whole like alien, you know, this this is an alien, we need to do this, this, and this to stop the spread yeah. and whatever. So with all that said, let's mm. <clears throat> backtrack a whole bunch to discuss why you picked this movie solely. Oh, well, we had talked about how we wanted to watch this version of the thing and compare it to the previous version after we watched the first one. And we'd just kind of been holding on to it, and I decided this was the day. Yeah. It was time. It's time to do it. Uh, maybe we should start doing that with the first shot and first line. Yeah. So the first shot, I, it was interesting because it looked like they were sort of trying to recreate the first shot of the 80s version of it because there was a little thing, like a little dark speck traveling yeah. across this, you know, wide tundra. So the first shot is, you know, they're clearly in a helicopter, you know, taking footage of this whole Antarctic tundra mountain area and then we see this little dark speck start to travel across and i was like is that a dog is that the dog and it was actually uh one of their arctic cat machines you know their their what's it called vehicles yeah for getting around yeah so that's our first shot the first line is one of the norwegians in that arctic cat vehicle saying okay i've got another one in norwegian Mm-hmm. There was a lot of subtitles, and he is actually telling a dirty joke. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's how that movie starts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so which is it's like an homage to the eighties. It is, and so that brings up like the biggest thing takeaway I had from watching this movie. Can we just like jump right in? We got things to do. Let's do it. Okay, so. My biggest takeaway from this movie is that what we remember the 80s as being is something entirely different than what the 80s actually was. Mm -hmm. Because the one we watched before was made in the 80s. So it was like set, I think, in the 80s, made by people who were currently living in the 80s. It is entirely 80s sensibilities, right? Like. Like, even if they felt like they were, you know, thinking ahead and, you know, ahead of their time and whatever, they were still people who were living in the 80s. So then this one is people who were living in 2011 trying to pretend that they were in the 80s. And it turns out the actual 80s were way more racist and misogynistic (laughs) than we think they were. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think we noted this in the original review but you know the the 1950 version had a woman scientist in it fast forward to the 80s no women in the entire movie not a single woman in the whole movie (laughs) and then we're back now the hero of the movie is a woman now yes yes interesting it made me wonder like what what was the turning point like 2011 is actually like i i mean i know there were characters there were movies about women and had strong female leads whatever before 2011 but it was only fairly recently that we've really started seeing movies where that was you know that that was the point like that we're actually (laughs) doing that on purpose and it made me wonder kind of where this movie falls in that evolution of movie making well in this movie which i stole a little of this info from imdb takes its cues from alien we've got the hero kate 
is mm -hmm. basically the same character as Ripley in I Alien. I can totally see that now yeah. that you're saying that. And that movie is from back in 1979, even. Shut up. I just looked it up. Oh, okay, so that tells me that the dudes who made... <laughs> oh, they were clearly all dudes. I don't... Definitely I mean, I would, I would... I would have to look at the uh, the credits to actually know for sure, but I'm going to guess it was largely dudes. Who made the 1980s The Thing were just a bunch of boneheads. Because, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I really liked the way Kate handled things mm -hmm. in this version of the movie. Like, I liked, I actually liked her way of knowing who was human and who was alien. Oh, better yeah. than I liked the blood test. I have a problem with it. Okay. My problem is, so the alien can't duplicate inorganic matter, so she checks people's fillings. She's like, oh, you've got fillings, you're okay, because you wouldn't if you were an alien. Right. Well, A, the alien can, I mean, maybe it doesn't have the power to do this, it's not that complicated. If it has the power to duplicate different shapes, it could just make a gray surface to a tooth, right? Why not? And you look at it, you'd be like, oh, there's a filling. But also, okay, maybe it can't. Maybe it can just, you know, look at your DNA and make the same thing as you. So that wouldn't happen. But then it's like, it's this weird, alien-y, squishy thing. You could jam the fillings back in, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe it would evolve to the point of being aware that that's something that would, yeah. you know, that that difference is dangerous to it and it would do something about it. But I, it didn't seem to be aware that yeah. that was a thing. It was definitely a weakness in what it did. Now, the way McCready, that was Kurt Russell's character, right? The way yeah. McCready tested was a definitive test for everybody. Yeah, it was kind of a cool test. Yeah, provided you knew they were giving you their actual blood like the, there's right. you know there were ways to get around it but it was it was definitive for everybody she was going to need a backup test she had a good test that could be done quickly and without being invasive and i was a little disappointed in that scene because that was a really tense thing trying to look in people's mouths with a flashlight when you know that that mouth could like leap out and chomp your hand off yeah like, that was scary and Nothing quite came of it. I mean, there was definitely a lot of stuff that happened in that scene, but, you know, you never got that jump scare of the alien leaping out at someone who was trying to examine their fillings. It was also really disappointing to me because there were a whole lot of people from There's this so group, many. like four of them, who either didn't have fillings or the one said that he had porcelain fillings, like that yeah. they wouldn't, you know, they were white. But, okay, so I kind of call BS on that because, really? <laughs> but they didn't seem to have what I thought would be the right reaction to her. Like, yeah. very few, they didn't even say, like, one of them said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be killed because I floss. But yeah. the rest of them didn't like even discuss the fact that how about we we need a secondary test <laughs> like clearly i can't pass this test because i floss now how are you going to differentiate between me and these other people who are aliens yeah and and nobody seemed to really care about that and i thought that was weird yeah so what i did like about it though mm -hmm. is how it came into the end yes that was good and and kind of subtly like they gave us that information and then they showed us and yeah she told us fairly quickly <laughs> but i knew yeah. before she told me that uh that that dude was an alien now 
because yeah. I was paying attention. Well, you pointed out the earring to me, so that mm-hmm. was fun. But then I thought, I thought what she said at the end was it was in the other ear before, and and the way she said it, I thought maybe when she saw the earring in the cab, but no. So when we saw the earring in the cab, it was in his ear that was by the window because we yeah, were looking through ear. the driver's side window yeah. and we saw it right there and she was behind him. Then when she said, she's like, hey, I knew you were human because of your earring. And the creature immediately puts its hand up oh, to the wrong ear. Oh, she's talking about the action. Yeah. I thought he still had an earring because then he had, that would have been cool. He would have been smart enough to go, oh, I better put this on. But dumb enough that he used the wrong ear. Right. <laughs> no, he reached up to the wrong ear. So then she's like, it was in the other ear, which didn't need to be said because the fact that it wasn't there at all was the actual thing. Like, it yeah, wasn't that he didn't know problem. where it was. And it, it made me wonder, one of my questions was, after they've changed, do they have the human memories or the alien memories, or both? I think they have both, and that was an issue for me. I was wondering, like, how do you get these memories? Like, you know, you eat somebody, and you <laughs> I can understand you've got their DNA, and you can do stuff with that, but that's it. You don't have any information. It can't speak English. It doesn't know what they're thinking, what they're planning. Right. But it, it did. <laughs> it seems like it would be really easy to test for these aliens because you would just be like hey what did we have for breakfast yesterday and it would be like (laughs) i think maybe asking about breakfast is excessive if they're gonna if they're gonna say (laughs) but then also he wouldn't have put his hand on the wrong ear if he had human memories because that guy knew which ear his (laughs) earring was in yeah and they kind of i mean it wouldn't have been able to speak English if it didn't take information from their brains. Right, right. But it also had to keep the alien memories for sure because it went back to the spaceship and was going to, like, take off Yeah. in that space. Like, it knew how to run that spaceship. Which is a theory. Here's my theory on this movie. Okay. Um, it's never explained exactly, although I heard later that in a bunch of deleted scenes basically we learned that this was a spaceship full of some kind of alien and they had a thing on board that ended up killing them all and that's why they crashed and it escaped but that that's my theory is that this is not this monster's spaceship it's not the it's a it's a weird monster like it's not a spaceship building i had that same thought and i think that's what's going on is like it's a it, it took over this spaceship. It's kind of, again, just like the movie Alien. It's sort of the same thing where mm-hmm. the aliens are just monsters and they are hitching a ride with mm-hmm. smarter things. I did have that thought because that spaceship was excessively large. <laughs> yes. And very elaborate. Also, it had handy vents for dropping in from above. Well, I did make <laughs> a note about how I questioned its spaceworthiness if the rudder like they seem sort of like rudders at the top if falling between the rudders landed you in the spaceship because that doesn't seem like a great no you don't really want to open your spaceship when you're in space no no you don't want a convertible (laughs) no you do not but yeah those aliens I feel like an alien who is okay with half a human flopping off of its, <laughs> like, shoulders, yep. is not the kind of alien that's going to build this very elaborate yeah. spaceship. Yeah, it was just a weird, freaky monster. It didn't seem, as it was transforming and just had, like, 
two humans smooshed together or <laughs> half a human here and half a human there. Like, it didn't seem overly concerned with details. Yeah. Not a big planner. No. And speaking of that, okay. Yes. It did smush somebody, which was one of the weirdest kills. It, like, it crawled up over somebody and touched faces with him and just melted just, right like, into him. Yeah, they just melded together. Now I have a problem with that. Okay. I had a problem with it too, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> I have a few problems with it. <laughs> and one of those problems is if that's how this monster works, if it's like some kind of acidic gel that just slurps onto things, it could have just killed everybody instantly. Just walked up to one, smushed them, keep going, just keep smushing. Just keep smushing, just become one. <laughs> like, who's that? Uh, there's a game, there's a video game with a thing that just rolls Katamari. around. Katamari. Yeah, he just rolls around and picks everything on the planet up, right? Just yeah, keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, totally done that. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which was another thing I was wondering about. It was way more effective split into smaller parts, which clearly it could do. And yet it did seem to want to just compile into one giant monster. So the note that I made was that it was much creepier this time. Like, way creepier. The the know. special effects were the best... so much better. Yes. And I really, like, I found, maybe it's because I am a planner, but <laughs> I found, like, the way it just kind of did its thing and then let excessive parts, you know, flop around yeah. without caring, very disturbing. Like, very. But there was not a lot of rhyme or reason to how it busted out of its human shell. Like... Like, sometimes yeah. it would, would come out through the stomach and, and like, lash out with this, uh, like, grappling hook intestine thing. <laughs> um, other times it would, like, split the whole human in half. and Or, you know, it melded two humans together. Yeah. One time it, would like, started splitting out of the human, but then his arms just came off of their own volition. It yeah, wasn't like he had been injured. Away. Yeah, they just split <laughs> off and ran away, and he just, like, had, you know, this armless torso. Yeah, it... I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the horror of it is that it's totally beyond our understanding, and who knows what could happen. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. That's difficult for me. That's not what I want. I wanna, I want some nice set in stone rules. I do tend to like when when the universes that we're watching have <laughs> rules I can understand. I feel yeah. like I'm more immersed in it if I'm not constantly thinking. Wait, why is that happening? What's going on? Now, I want to make a quick cinematic connection. A movie I reviewed a while back, I don't know when, is called Splinter. And it features something very similar. It's a totally different creature. It's just like a fungus or a mold that if it gets in you, it takes over your nervous system and it uses your body to move around, but it has no brain or anything. Ooh, like um, cordyceps. Yes, except I feel like that's more... That more like uses your, I mean, it does it to ants, but it right. uses their thoughts. Like it says, hey, you want to go up this leaf? This just goes trigger, trigger, just triggers muscles. Uh. And so it flops around like this creature where it totally disregards your shape and just mm -hmm. uses the muscles that are there. It's really disturbing. Yeah. And that's what that made me think of the flopping yeah. methods. I, I mean, I think there's something inherently upsetting about seeing a human body used incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, like, you know, we have those mirror neurons and they start to like kind of fire when you see someone's arm yeah. bent backwards or, oh. you know, those kinds of things where it doesn't actually hurt, but your brain is kind of thinking it 
probably should hurt you to see yeah. that. <laughs> Definitely. It's not good. Yeah. Now, I think I want to say that the original movie actually had more disturbing creatures to me because there's something about the cleanness and niceness mm. of these CGI monsters that just made them not as intense and uh also they weren't just cgi monsters they were practical monsters with cgi added on and i think they did that amazingly well like Mm -hmm. i couldn't even tell what was what it -hmm. just kind of looked like there was a monster there Mm -hmm. so that was impressive especially considering it's eight seven years old now so see i think with the 80s one too much of it I could, like, look at the monster and be like, oh, that's a cardboard box with some hydraulics <laughs> and some spaghetti sauce and some, you know, pool noodles. Like, I'm picturing what you're <laughs> describing, and I don't think that's the movie I saw. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I could, I could, I looked at this, the monsters, and I wasn't scared. I was just like, huh, I can see how we could make that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It didn't scare me. Whereas these ones, it didn't trigger my brain to think about how they did it. Yeah. It was just like whoa that's really upsetting yeah speaking of upsetting i'm upset with the monster as well in the big final battle it's uh it chases kate into this little tunnel and she hides down the tunnel and it can't get in the classic t-rex cave scenario yep that's stupid this monster can change its shape like crazy can rip its arms off <laughs> why didn't it just why drop couldn't an it arm? go in there there wasn't a lot of rhyme or reason. Also, I was extra mad. This is a huge protagonist magic moment. Mm. She comes right up against this monster that is that smushed a guy's face and made it part of his own body. Mm-hmm. And it goes, oh yeah, and swats her across the room. Like, what? Suddenly, it's not impaling you with its tentacles. It's just decided it's a fist fight now. Yeah. Way to go, protagonist. I mean, there was an element of them turning this monster into something that was so dangerous that there really wasn't a way to stop it unless they, like, reined it in a little bit. Or she could have not gotten right in its face. True. Before we move on from the the monsters and how they were portrayed, I do want to point out that the melting the two people together was sort of a constriction that they had because... That was something that they found in the beginning of the of the 1982 version was this like skeleton burned up carcass of two people who had been yeah. mushed together. And that was kind of fun. They they copied that or they made it so that it was going to turn out exactly like that. That's kind of interesting about how this whole movie was sort of reverse engineered from the original. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job yeah. of that because I, while I was watching, I wasn't like, oh, I see why they're doing that. Yeah. But then once we realized what had happened and we went back and looked at some things, there were moments where I suddenly realized, mm-hmm. oh, they had to do it that way because they had to have this or that or the other thing in place yeah, they later. really copied a lot of stuff. Like they had the the axe in the wall and mm-hmm. it was it was kind of weird. Like they kind of had to manhandle that. They had to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go after this hand with an axe," even though we know it's useless to physically attack these things. Right. And yeah. then she had to tell him to leave the axe <laughs> in the wall. Yeah. And but see, that was an example of where it it was done seamlessly because right. it seemed perfectly reasonable to me that this axe that had this alien blood all over it that she yeah, would be saying, "You don't want to touch that." <laughs> yeah, so it good. worked couple of things, just little notes. I liked that at one of the points, the alien busted out in sort of a jello spaghetti 
style. Yes, there were jello spaghetti little homage noodles. there. It was definitely fancier, <laughs> but was definitely there. I also liked that they did use the line. Uh, they copied it perfectly, or so whatever. However, they said it. They did yeah. mention that the aliens <laughs> copied the humans perfectly, which is so true. Which, yeah. <laughs> Although then, well, we'll talk about Dr. Halverson in a minute, because mm-hmm. I have some things to say about him. Oh, I would also like to point out very quickly that this movie addresses Soli's rule of zombie apocalypse <laughs> very well. They even, like, call it out as, would you rather murder someone or <laughs> they did have survival <laughs> of the human race? Which, Yeah, you but know, it's a matter of... You gotta think about it. Like, in this case, these people would have been well off just killing their entire group in a mass suicide. (laughs) Would have been great. (laughs) You know? But uh, they didn't. As long as it was a fiery suicide. But you know what? Kate is definitely a girl after my own heart. She (laughs) would be on the same island with Kelsey and me because she did not wait for uh, Carter to show signs. She's like, your earring is gone. I know you are an alien, and she blasted him with that flamethrower. Yeah, and she good. was right. Yeah, um, of course. There's the whole issue back from the first movie of just it's it can't be gone. No, and it wasn't because the first movie happened after this. But yeah, I, I'm mad about Lars. I don't understand what happened to him or where he was. I feel like that was a total shoehorn for the sequel, and it doesn't make any sense. Like he got yanked into a room by unknown forces. If that was the alien. He's definitely dead and alienified. And if it wasn't the alien, then what did those guys do to him? It just makes no sense. And he just disappeared for the rest of the movie until the end. So I'm mad about that. Yeah, I, I don't think that was handled well. And also, and this may be a solely brain doesn't work very well issue, but I cannot remember who the guy is who they find in front of the radio. Right. With... Like, who had committed suicide in front of the radio. Well, according to IMDb, that character is Colin. Now, my problem with this movie is I couldn't understand who anybody was. It was just a bunch of Norwegians and Americans. I couldn't even tell which were Norwegians or Americans until they talked. So it was white guys with beards was all this was. And I know one of them was named Colin. So that's who it was. Because Juliet, the, the, the other, other woman, woman. <laughs> blamed Colin. She was like, oh, I saw Colin coming out of the bathroom yeah. when it was in fact her who was the one who had made the mess in the bathroom. But then, yeah, after that, I do not remember seeing him. Maybe because he went off to the... Yeah. Oh, I do remember him calling out to on the radio and not well, getting a response. Well, that's where he killed himself. But then was that was the it. Radio. He was gone. And I sort of feel like his character was only in this movie because in the 1982 version... They go to the Norwegian yeah. camp and they find a guy, uh, you know, a popsicle guy <laughs> in front of the radio. Yeah, they said there's a deleted scene where he kills himself there. Oh. I mean, I guess it was pointless, you know. I guess. Not much to it, but. Well, I wouldn't have been questioning what happened and who yeah, he was if they had that's the not point. deleted that scene. Okay, so briefly, can we talk about Dr. Halverson? Yeah, he's not great. He's super not great. He <laughs> would have fit in well in the 1982 version. So he hires Kate. He basically insists that Kate goes on this trip with them. Yeah. Because 
he needs her expertise, right? Right. She had to nod when that guy was trying to drill into the ice. That was her expertise. Yeah, and then she had to shut up. Like he, <laughs> yes. He's like, you have to come. We have to have you. She goes. She starts to give advice on the thing they brought her for. And he's like, don't ever challenge me in front of the men. Yeah. You know, how did she say it? Or how did he say it? He, he literally tells her, you're not here to think. Yeah, which... Feel like she wasn't there for manual labor i think it was mostly right? brain work so i don't know like there were a lot of my notes about him are about how much i dislike him including this one where i wrote blah 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 i will be famous yeah he was pretty villainous so i was really glad when he got eaten by the alien mm -hmm. and then i thought it was amusing that the alien imitated him so perfectly that fake <laughs> dr Hal halverson was also a jerk <laughs> well yeah he was a jerk in the sense that he launched tentacles at people which was not cool no there was something he said too he, he oh, was being he was a jerk human. before he yeah before he revealed <laughs> he was just it imitates them perfectly. That was what I noted down. <laughs> yep. Okay, so anything else we have to talk <laughs> about with this? I have a television connection as well as a cinematic one, which is when the helicopter crashed and it was just like spiraling away over a mountain and then exploding behind the mountain so mm -hmm. you couldn't see it explode. Helicopters that are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> totally reminded me of the two TV shows, Airwolf and Blue Thunder, which both in every episode they fought an enemy helicopter and had to destroy it <laughs> and in every episode that helicopter would go behind a ridge and explode <laughs> and, and then it would come back next week with a paint job right yes. and that is exactly even when i was like eight years old i'm like helicopters are expensive <laughs> that's funny <laughs> So this movie basically has to be judged in comparison to the classic 1982 film, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes, I would say so. As such, that is hard to judge. Honestly, I'm just going to gut this one out. I think the 1982 version is a better film. Yep, I think this movie is superior on all levels except that its characters have no depth at all. They're just cardboard cutouts. And in they, the 1982 version? No, no, the current version. Oh. And they, this is the 2011 version, they don't evolve or learn anything. There's no point to it other than killing the monsters. Whereas, you know what gets me is the big, the big kicker is that in 1982... There was that scene at the beginning which talks about MacReady's character and how he's going to burn down the whole building because he destroyed the computer. That is character and that is somebody who thought about something. And in the 2011 version, there wasn't that. It was like the classic Hollywoodification of a movie, like where they took a movie and they're like, slick it up. They polished everything. They put in all the CGI. They required the obnoxious big finale on the spaceship, you know, huge special effect. Always have to go there, and it's to the detriment of storytelling and whatnot. So, but like I said, this is superior in all the technical ways. And there were a lot of obnoxious people in the first movie. Although there were a lot of obnoxious people in this movie too. So it's... Sort of right there. I'm not even going to find out what I rated the original. I'm going to call this one a 3.5 jello-covered spaghetti noodles out of 5. We're bringing back an <laughs> old... It's a remake. ...unit of rating? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I mean, we're remaking our review, right? I With guess. more CGI. Wow. 
Upon checking the records, I see that I gave the original movie a four, and I feel like this is now very appropriate. 3.5 versus four. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. The other big, big part of it, in that Hollywoodification, slicking it up, action extravaganza, they pushed aside a lot of the paranoia and suspense. Yeah. And that's the most important thing about this movie. That's what this movie is about. So that's where the big kicker was. Yeah, I can see that. <sighs> Okay, so when you first said you thought that the 82 version was better, I was making shocked faces at you, (laughs) right? I saw them, and I just plowed ahead. You did. And I'm super annoyed that I agree with everything that you said. Yes! It was definitely a slickification. Indeed. The technical aspects were all better. The writing was worse. The characters were less developed. Totally agree with everything you said. And, and on a personal level, I enjoyed watching this version more than I enjoyed watching the previous version. I get it. Because the previous version did not consider me <laughs> an actual human being worthy of being on a science station. And this version not only considered me part of the human race, mm-hmm. but gave me representation of someone who could kick butt in case of an alien invasion. Yeah. And I don't want to say that that is everything there is to movies, but I think I'm going to give this a higher score personally than you did because I have so many fewer examples Mm-hmm. Of just being able to watch blow em up slick Hollywood movies where <laughs> I can relate to the main character. Yeah. So it was not as good as it could have been. And I am going to give this one a four jello spaghetti noodles out of five, just like I did the original, because what it lost in some areas, it gained in other areas. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I had a hard time rating it because it was superior in many ways. Mm hmm. I mean, I totally get your rating. Like, I yeah. I do agree with everything that you said. And just on a personal level, I really enjoyed watching this one in a way that I did not enjoy watching the previous one. So this rating of mine is definitely, like, a personal rating, not a, this is how everyone else will feel about this movie rating. <laughs> no, well, mine's not either, because looking at the scores by everyone else in the world, they really kind of hated this movie. I'm super <laughs> shocked by that. Except that in thinking about it right now, I'm kind of not. Because every time they take a well-liked movie and put a female character in the lead, Mm -hmm. there's a certain element of movie-going audiences that takes umbrage with that. Yes, you're you're marginalizing poor white men. It's not fair. I know. It's very sad. So, once again, this is the Ghostbusters 2 of Alien Movies. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no, sorry, not Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters. It's It's the the Ghostbusters Ghostbusters of Alien Movies. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. So, I am glad that we did both versions. I think that's interesting. And I think maybe next year uh, we should go back and watch the original original and see how that compares. I think that would be fun. We'll have to do that. We haven't done any of those 50 sci-fi horror things before. That's true. It could be fun. I think we should, especially since we like Targets. I mean, we didn't like Targets so much, but it was interesting to watch. Yeah. Sure. All right. Let's see what we watch tomorrow. Bam. Bam.
Lurk, 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 lurk.